Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to Kiss My Arts here on the podcast. And we're looking at something, two very different things today, but both revolving around teas, coffees, baked goods uh, and kind of connected in that way. Later on the show, we're going to be talking to Val Robus about the Having a Laugh charity who do a social coffee morning every month in Carrick and Shannon. But first, we're going to talk to someone who's been featured a lot on the show without actually been on the show before. They get mentioned every time we talk about great initiatives happening across the county. And that is Ginny's Tea Rooms, Ginny's Bakery, and the whole Ginny's brand. And now joining me to talk about all of that is Pascal Killer. Pascal, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Brefany. My pleasure. Well, thanks for coming into us to have a conversation. We had your, your good wife, Sinead, or Ginny, as she's better known, uh, where, where the brand comes from, uh, on the show back in the first week or two that we were on air. You might remind us just a little bit about Ginny's and where it all comes from. Yes, yeah, so Ginny's started in 2003. Sinead had um, come back after some traveling and she was taking over this self-catering cottages that, that we run there, Maguire's um, self-catering cottages. And she just needed to boost the income in the off season. So she was quite strong in the restaurant that they're running for over 20 years on the pastry side and the, the baking side. So a friend of hers convinced her to put a few bread into the local shop and see how it goes. And she didn't want anybody knowing who was behind it. So she decided to call it Jenny's, her family nickname. Um, in case it went belly up, nobody would know who <laughs> whose business had failed. So Jenny stuck, the brand stuck. Um, the, the business grew week by week from 16 loaves in the first week to we're probably doing four or 5,000 a week now between scones, cake spreads, etc. So yeah, it's it's 16 years going into its 17th year in business now. And um, yeah, quite quite a bit of innovation has taken place since um, the, the 16 loaves baked in the first week, you know. So in the last year or two, it's been an overnight sensation, basically, but with 15 years of preparation gone into it. Yeah. You've been building a building over the last two decades, as you mentioned, and I suppose it first came to my attention maybe five or ten years ago when it started appearing on the shelves of, of Tesco and all of these other mm. big, big companies. What has it been like to watch that the company develop from that embryonic stage to where it is today? Yeah, you need to be patient, you know. Sometimes you think you're more ready for the next step than you actually are. Um, you know, people assume also that when you are with the bigger multiples that you've made it. Um, in fact, in some cases, you're putting yourself under more pressure and you have more stress than you had when you were smaller. But, you know, thanks to the assistance we've had from the local enterprise board here in Leitrim and, and Leader, it, you know, it has given us kind of the confidence to go to the next level because you do need quite big equipment to be able to supply the bigger hotels and the bigger multiples and stuff. But we've also realized that the bigger equipment doesn't answer all your questions. We have a mixer that can mix 120 loaves at a time, but we only use that mixer to dry mix the product. So basically blend the seeds and the and the um, raisin agent and the flowers. We still actually um, mix the wet ingredients into that by hand. So we've scaled back the um, the quantity that we're mixing at a time to make the product more consistent. Um, so it's been it's been interesting to see the changes that have taken place since, as you say, it didn't happen overnight. Um, a lot of thought has gone into it, and you know we've ma- managed to scale it up a little bit and expand when we were ready to. So we actually saved money to buy equipment. We didn't always go into big debt to buy the equipment. We bought it when we felt 
we were ready. And, you know, sometimes we had the contracts or the possible contracts before we had the equipment. Um, I don't know what's the best decision, but um, the last thing you want is spending 30000 on a machine that, you know, you're not sure you're going to be able to, you know, um, make it fulfill, fulfill its potential. Isn't so. that Richard Branson's thing, though? Say yes and then work out how to do it afterwards. Well, we, it's our attitude with a lot of things. We, we get the product right first and then we cost it. And I mean, some people would say that's the wrong model. But when you're small scale like ourselves, um, you know, the, the, the quality of your product and the consistency of your product is key. So there are products that we have developed in the bakery that have never made it to the shop because the ingredients that we're putting into it are quite expensive. And by the time you, the margin of 30% is put onto them, it makes it very expensive in the shops. And maybe if we were in the more affluent areas, you know, um, it might sell. But, you know, we just say, OK, that one mightn't just make it. We won't, you know, we won't push that one. But we know we have a good product, you know. Um, so some, not everything makes it to the shop. But a lot of the time it's down to the cost. So we always get the, the, the taste right, the product right, have it as clean label as possible and, and then see if we can, can make it from there, you know. Now, I suppose people are listening to this for the arts show and we're talking a bit about business. But the reason why I wanted to talk to you today on the arts show was because we talk about all creative aspects and whether it's a singer or a musician or a filmmaker, making a loaf of bread is in itself an, an art form to produce it to the certain quality and how it tastes, how it looks, how it's packaged. It's very creative. Yeah, there's there's a lot of science behind the whole thing as well. I mean, and you have to remember, I don't come from a, um, a baking background. My mom was a home ec teacher, but I never did any of the baking. But I sure did know the, the tastes. And I, I knew home baking, you know, from getting it on the table at home. That did help. I, and like, you know, when we make something and, and try something, I kind of feel we're very strong on knowing whether the public will like it because our taste buds are quite well developed at this stage when it comes to bacon. But like anybody can make a soda bread, um, but not everybody can make it well. So, you know, getting back to the original point earlier about all the equipment, you know, we found that the bigger mixer was over mixing the product. So we knew to pull back and to mix it by hand. So we mightn't be able to supply all of Ireland or England or wherever, but, um, you know, certainly wherever our product goes, we know it will be made to the best of our potential and we'd be happy to stand behind it. And you can kind of do that when you're smaller um, and you can change things as well during the whole process as well. If you're not happy, you can change it um, when you're smaller, you know. Um, but in saying that, like when I say small, we're supplying... Kilroney Castle, Loch Rin, Galway Bay, the Shirt and the Hudson, the Great Southern Killarney. So Morrison in Dublin, we're in an awful lot of the big places, you know. And sometimes when you look at your listing, you say, my God, you know, look where we've come from. This is great. But it's staying there is the key. Do you revise the creative side of that in terms of contents or ingredients over time? Or is it, are you at that stage now where you've got your stables? Yeah, we would be using the same ingredients um, and a lot of the same suppliers that we did in 2003. We might be buying the flour in a bigger bag, but apart from that, um, you know, it's the same ingredients. We, you know, and once you have a nutritional analysis done on a product, you have to stay with the same or else you have to go to the cost of getting it um, recalibrated for that. But we've, you know, gone thought outside the box too in terms of the products the range of products we're doing um i did a lot of test baking um with 
um, French bakers. So we're making sourdough now that our French customers that come to the um, self-catering cottages feel that it, it's as good as 70% of the, the bakeries in France. And I mean, we'll accept that compliment because France, you know, especially a sourdough bread or a sourdough baguette, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a must in France that you buy a, a baguette every day. And they know their, their, their quality when it comes to baguettes. And, you know, we've got great firsthand um, comments from our French visitors to say that our baguette is up there with, you know, the best of them in France. But there must be an expectation when they hear your name, when they see your name written down as Pascal Gillard, uh, there must be some sense of having French blood in there somewhere. Uh, there's an expectation, but when they hear me trying to talk French, they know, they know, they know I'm from Sligo. Um, yeah, but after a few whiskeys with them, my French does improve. But uh, no, we, we, we have some good fun with our French visitors. We, we, we love the, the, the French race. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant culture and, it's very foody as well. I mean, we sell a lot of carrot cakes to France. Most of the French people going back, that's one of the things, you know, that they have to bring back with them. It's carrot cake. And now it's the few new products we've developed, the granola. And stuff you'd think that they would have because patisserie and, and um, chocolate cakes and gatos, all that is very, very popular in, in France. But to think we have a cake here that they don't have, that they want to have. You know, we've sold our stout bread over in France as well at markets over there through a contact. So, you know, we've been we've been trying and seeing what like somebody said to me, there's no point, um, you know, trying to tr get into a market unless, you know, they like the product, you know, and they don't eat our soda bread, but they like the Guinness bread. They like the sweeter breads as well, you know. In terms of, you mentioned the, the sourdough and you mentioned the stout bread, and I know variations of those are now available on the shelves in, in those pouches because of your participation in the, the Food Academy Super Value Initiative. Tell us a bit about the Food Academy and what impact that's had on your, I suppose, uh, creation aspect, but also on your, on your business and your branding. Yeah, you'd imagine for a business that's going 16 years, they wouldn't learn much about um, dealing with the, the multiples at this stage. But um, the Enterprise Board encouraged us to um, take part in the Food Academy program. It, I think it's maybe seven or eight years in existence now. And I never went for it. And I did last year, decided, OK, I'll see what I can learn from this program. And uh, I learned a huge amount. Um, it's a pity I hadn't gone in 2003 or a pity I wasn't available in 2003 because I would l have learned a lot of stuff quicker and made less mistakes. But a brilliant program. I knew what I wanted out of the program. I knew I wanted to bring new lines. We were already selling granola to the hotels. The Guinness bread mix we had tried already in France and it worked. Um, we had given it as presents to people in England and America and it worked. But we hadn't got a nice packaging over the line. And when you're working in a bakery, as a baker, as a delivery covering holidays, um, it's hard to bring new stuff, you know, to fruition. I mean, we we were close to it and we knew what type of packs we wanted. But the Food Academy program really, it was like going back to school. They were kind of putting a little bit of pressure on you. You had X amount to have done for your next um, meeting. And yeah, we got it over the line. And in fact, the, the package in the pouch that we used... Um, it was done by a company in Wicklow called Alert Packaging. And they liked the design so much that they entered into a competition of theirs. Now, this was a, a graphics 
competition, flexi-graphic competition, and it won. And they sent us a bottle of champagne um, with our name on the bottle as a thank you for allowing them to put our product forward or our package forward for their competition. So it was a nice little um, bit of kudos to, to get from the company to think that of all the packs they put through their printers in that year, they picked our pack of granola um, as an entry into the competition. And they were runner-up last year and they won it this year. So they were over the moon. But I suppose the, the Food Academy program, getting back to your question, the, the thing it made you realize was the importance of branding. Um, and we spent 2000 on a on a guy to design a, a logo. It seems like a crazy amount of money. But where we were at with our, you know, name and stuff and the Jenny was becoming like Jimmy and I was replacing Jenny because everyone was called are you Jimmy so we wanted to clear up the, <laughs> the, the the brand name you know Jenny was was kind of a popular product locally but people were starting to call it Jimmy so we changed the font we gave it to a graphic designer a food graphic designer and he did a lot we were really happy with what what came back and we both we loved the logo and then, in fact, when we were setting up the tea room, we used a similar font and a similar style logo for the tea room. So we felt that our all of a sudden our branding had lifted and that all came through the Food Academy program. My labels for the breads were, were all nearly running out. So then we changed over the logo. So the timing was quite good. It wasn't all a great plan, but it just worked, you know, and I was a bit reluctant initially to get a new logo done. But I think that was the best decision I made last year so it's funny how things can happen you know no it's funny because the branding and what I've noticed over the last 12 months is that it's very consistent so now you see your product on the shelf it's you know exactly where it's come from you drive by the tea rooms you stop for a coffee or whatever it might be in a tea room which is quite ironic yeah but you stop for for a bite to eat in, in the tea rooms at Acres Lake and it's the same. You know exactly yeah. where you are and, and the association is there as well. Yeah. Talk to us about the tea rooms because th that came on stream uh, early summer last year. Yeah, we, we started the tea rooms in June, but look, we thought about a tea room there for so long. You see, our business is... A lot of people didn't realise what was going on behind the, the cottage gates as such. Um, we have a French angling business where we do a, um, a full board package. So we were using the, the, the building which had been the restaurant in the 80s, 20 years. We were still using that building for the French anglers who come for 18 weeks in the year. They come for the fishing season in the springtime and in the autumn time. Um, but like the building was empty for the rest of the year. It was just storing whatever needed to be stored for the summer months. And it was sitting there. It was a no-brainer that we could knock a lot more out of that building. But we did like the idea of the tea room. We knew we'd be strong on the bread side of it we just and the pastry side of it. And what more do you need in a tea room? A good coffee and maybe a bit of ice cream. So, yeah, we thought we were going to have a very small menu that we would initially start off with scones and, and, um, and cakes. And that'd be it, teas and coffees. And then as we researched what was out there and got further into it, um, we, we have quite a big menu now, bigger than we Sinead had ever planned to have. Uh, and still people would probably think we should have more on it, but we are a tea room and Sinead is always trying to get that point across. You're not going to have your Sunday lunch in the tea room, but what you will have will be nice. And, you know, so we, we, we started that in June, but the research went into that, you know, for the previous 12 months. 
and with the great assistance of leader you know we allowed us to finish the tea rooms to a very high standard so we've good you know it's wheelchair accessible good parking um very comfortable seats you know good coffee machine you know but i think you can have all of those things if you don't have good staff to run it you're you're not going to make success and we have an abundance of talent in Drumshambo. you know the younger generation coming through there would make you very proud and you know very confident that the kids our own kids are going to grow up to be very rounded and you know confident individuals when you see what 17 and 16 and 18 year old girls are capable of you know our big fear was the coffee and how are we going to and we don't know anything about coffee and people are so particular about coffee and after one day's training the girls just took to it like it took to water you know so, it's mad because I suppose the first thing you do when you do the roster every week is take a look at when St. Francis ladies are playing because I think nearly every single <laughs> one of the girls bar one or two sisters that I won't name because they'll kill me. <laughs> um, everyone else seems to play on that team. So how does that affect the day-to-day running of the play? You know, like not alone had we five of the team, we also had the selector as well, Gareth. <laughs> so we, there was one Sunday where we were down quite a few staff, but... You know, our own kids got on board. Um, some cousins were down for a reunion that weekend. But of course, anyone that comes to our place gets a job. So it was great. We got through it and we felt, my God, that was early in the season uh, for our own season. And they won the match. It was a final. They all stopped outside the tea room on the way back with the cup. We were delighted. They were delighted that we let them go to the game. But sure, like I grew up playing football I knew what the game meant to the girls we were never going to stop them going to the game um, but they're so good like you, you couldn't you couldn't stop them from doing like what they're worth to you for the rest of the year versus an odd Sunday here and there and they did their very best to get games changed to suit us you know um, but look, it was a good result in the end you know we're not we're, we're not going to avoid taking footballers on board anymore because of that but that's a challenge you have you know when you're working weekends and uh, we start on a Thursday. So we start getting busy when everyone else starts winding down. Lots of people look forward to Thursday because it's close to Friday. <laughs> we start threading it because we know it's ahead of us. So it's a big challenge being open on a, a weekend, bringing up a family, you know, on the site as well. The kids coming in. Can we? Can you, can you bring me to football? Can you bring me here? You've, you've all those things to juggle. Um, but we're trying, we're doing, you know, we're one, one season in almost or half a season in anyway. And we feel that we'll be more efficient next year as well at it. We won't be as stressed maybe or, you know, Sinead certainly was very nervous opening the two room because there was a high expectation that it would be good because the brand is strong, the breads are good. Um, so we'd like to think that, you know, there's good word gone out about Jenny's tea room, you know. It's very new. Um, but the one thing that I suppose people will realise is that um, we're going to do our best to have it as good every day and you know we're not going to open if we're not ready to be open we're going to have it right it won't be served unless it's right you're not going to please everybody's taste buds and the very first day we opened somebody didn't like our caesar salad but you know everyone has different different taste buds and and we appreciate that and we take it on board and you change things around and it'll be nicer the next time for that person maybe or yeah maybe It'll teach me maybe, not to maybe. order the caesar salad <laughs> in the future well i'd encourage you to order the caesar salad because i think it's amazing but you know 
it's everybody has a choice. There's a good menu there. So um, I think our signature dish is probably the uh, the mushrooms with the Madeira sauce. That's a very popular dish in the in the morning. But yeah, we're happy with what we've created here. Um, the, the, it's it's been quite successful. Look at this huge costs involved, huge labor costs involved in running it. And Drumshambo can be you know a great town in the summer, but it's quite town in the winter. So. December was a struggle. There was nobody around. Everybody was gone to the bigger towns shopping. But like, I'm just coming from the tea room now and it's Friday. It's full of locals out there. You know, that's great to have that in the summer or in the winter time, the off season. That keeps you going until the tourists start coming back. You know? Especially given the location is a little bit out of town. So it's yeah. the fact that you've got parking, plus it's a nice little stroll out along the banks of the canal out yeah. to yourselves and maybe on or maybe back to the, the town. It's, it's quite nice. We've kind of run out of time, Pascal. That's okay. Thank you so much for coming into us. I know we're going to chat to you more because specifically about your branding later on in the, in the year because you have a new website and a new social media presence and everything. It's kind of, you put a lot of work into that in the in the off season in the, in the winter. And I'm looking forward to kind of digging down into that with you so our listeners can probably find out a bit more about maybe some of the mistakes that you are making that you've tightened up on or that you've got help on mm-hmm. with that as well. So I look forward to that conversation. But to all the success so far with the bakery, with the tea rooms, and I suppose with the rebranding, we'll get into that later in the, the year as well, with the self-catering as Ginny's rather than Maguire's, I know is coming on stream too. So it all seems very positive for the Gillard Maguire clan <laughs> at Acres Lake. Thank you very much, Rafferty. Thanks for having me on. Now, on the programme, a couple of months back, we had a chat with Val Robus about having a laugh, uh, a monthly get-together for people who just want to get out of the house and, I suppose, cheer themselves up a little bit and be surrounded by nice, positive people and get into the one room and just maybe have a laugh, have a, a cry, whatever they want to do. But it's all to do with mental health charity. And Val Robus joins me again now to talk about... Let's talk a bit about the charity first and the events and, and promote that. And then we'll talk about maybe the new project that yeah. the group are working on. Val, welcome sure. back to the programme. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me again. So um, have, the having a laugh was firstly the social coffee mornings. Um, I started them because I was suffering very badly with mental health and depression and I didn't really know where to turn to. So someone through my blog had suggested uh, contacting having a laugh and see you know what they do and actually they send you vouchers if you're in any kind of mental health counseling and it's for something that you want to do so they sent me a voucher for a seaweed bath and off I went and I found that at the time I was so in the whole counseling mode and I needed something else and having a laugh were there and there was no pressure and there was no kind of stigma they were just there so um when I was going through it all I my friends went to the wayside um that I just think maybe that happens. But uh, I really missed having a coffee with someone, just having a chat about the weather, about, you know, or, you know, what are you up to? So I started the coffee mornings um, over two years ago now in Sligo, the first one. And then 200 people turned up to the first one, which didn't do a lot for my anxiety. But anyway, yeah, sure, we went with it. And they're still running on the first Monday of every month. And then last year, we started running Leitrim in our happy place in Carrick and Shannon. And uh, we had about, I suppose, 25 to 30 people turn up to that one. Self-included? Yes, yourself included And it's just, it was a lovely, really lovely. It's very informal. 
people just have a chat. You get to know people that you might not have met before. And uh, I have to say, uh, Caitlin in Our Happy Place was amazing. She provided cakes and, you know, she didn't have to do that. And her and her mum, they're just lovely people. So um, so anyway, th that's kind of the, the basics of the coffee morning. But they're having a laugh charity. What they do is they, they look after Sligo and the surrounding counties. So Leitrim, Mayo, um, Donegal, Roscommon. If you're in mental health counselling, they will provide vouchers for up to €175 Euro, and it's for a life-enhancing experience. So say if you want to go surfing or something that will take you out of that place that you're in and give you like an hour's break or just something different. So it's whatever you feel like doing as energetic or as not as you like and maybe you know when you're in that place maybe you can't afford to do these things so that's where they come in and it's really lovely it's a very different charity and I love that about them and they're very welcoming it sounds great so I suppose to put it in the mindset of because people will be looking at going but what does surfing have to do with depression but really it's getting outside of that yeah, maybe, it's, it's, that rut yeah. that you're in that pattern of it, negative behavior exactly and that that for me that was the hardest thing because I didn't want to do anything I just wanted to stay in bed all day I'll be perfectly honest and I'm a photographer background and uh, the camera sat in its bag for two years I couldn't I didn't have the mindset to go and take photos and then they, they said to me, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't really know. I didn't want to do anything. But they said, well, you know, do you like seaweed baths? I said, yes. Yeah. So they sent me a voucher and off I went for the seaweed bath. And funny enough, I took the camera with me. It just happened. The weather was lovely. I went for a walk. I started taking photos. That was almost the first step to the recovery to show me that there was something outside of my four walls, outside of my head, because I, I was living in my head. And it just uh, kind of gave me, you know, it just showed me there was something else. There was a, a charity that cared about people without saying, you know, go for counselling or talk to somebody. Because at the, at the time I was all talked out. Um, and I, you know, I was like, I felt if I had to go to another session of counselling or go through it all again, I just didn't, I wasn't able to do it. So this, there was no pressure. And funny enough, when I came out of the seaweed bath, I bumped into Blohine, it's her charity. And I just said to her, do you know, I think you've saved me. Um, and, you know, she she didn't, like, she she probably didn't know where I was coming from. But I honestly do think that they probably did save me. So, you know, I'm so grateful to them. So, of course, the event, or the, the, the social coffee mornings happen in Carrick and Shannon on the 2nd of the month, the second Monday of yeah. every month, so, 10 to 12 yeah, so the next one is at the, on the 10th of February and it's lovely because our happy place don't actually open on a Monday but they're opening specially for us and they've said that they will carry on running it for us because sometimes, you know, a lot of us are based in Sligo. I actually work in Leitrim so it's not too bad for me but uh, they, they'll carry on and run it and, you know, it's just so nice to go and sit with people. You, you know, you can walk in on your own and someone will smile. You know, you can just come and join in a chat where, you know, it's hard to kind of do that. Tell us where the Sligo event is as well, because some people in the north of the county, that might be more logistically yeah, might be more sure. accessible for them the Sligo one's in the Blind Tiger and it's on the first uh, the Blind Tiger is actually in the car park the Stephen Street car park just along the Garavogue yeah yeah, along the Garavogue and actually I, I kind of picked the places I picked the places myself the Blind Tiger 
uh, I picked because when I was suffering from, from anxiety, I had to see into a place before I walked into it. So the blind tiger has a lot of windows and it also has two doors. So there was an escape route because I used to spend a lot of my time escaping from things. So when I started them up, I did it so people could see in, they could also see out. They knew exactly what they were walking into because that's quite a hard thing to do when you're not in the right frame of mind is walk into a room you don't know what's the other side of the door. So that's the first Monday of every month and it's from 10 till 12 and um, you know people can just turn up there'll be somebody there to say hello to them and maybe introduce them to a few people you don't have to stay for the full two hours you can just you know I mean there was one man and it took him about six months to actually come over to us he would come every Monday but he wasn't in the right frame of mind and that's fine you know we want people to just to feel comfortable excellent so the first Monday of the month yep. in Sligo and the Blind Tiger yep. and the second Monday in a happy place here in Carrick and Shannon. Yeah. So that's, uh, if people are interested in coming along and finding yeah. out more about what they do, and obviously it's a social morning, but there's a little uh, fund for the charity as well. Almost. Yeah, you don't have to give a donation. I mean, what we do, the way we do it now is everybody pays for their own coffees. Um, and there is a like a jar there, but you, you know if you can't afford it, that's fine. But there'll be leaflets there to tell you more about the charity, and if you want to avail of their services, how you can avail of them. And we also have a mailing list that you can sign up to, and everything is online. There's a there's the website. There's also a Facebook page. So the events are up on the Having a Laugh Facebook page. Excellent. Now the reason we have you here today for Kiss My Arts because this isn't really in the arts world yet. An idea was born in Carrick and Shannon last month's meeting. How did that go and what what exactly are we talking about here? Well, we're going to bring out a book and I'm very excited about it. It's like my baby, this. Uh, so um, I had to keep it quiet for a while till we sort of finalised details, but I was, I'm kind of raring to go with it. We were sitting at the in our happy place um, in December and we were just all telling funny stories and then it just came up, wouldn't this be a great idea for a book? Because there are a lot of self-help books out there and there are a lot of um, books about mental health, but... I think when you're suffering, you have to have a bit of a sense of humour about it. And while it, you know, it doesn't, what we're looking for really, I suppose, to go back to basics, we've got an open call. So anybody can submit um, a story, a poem, jokes, a photo, an illustration, whatever they feel like. But we're looking at the, the lighter side of life. It, it doesn't have to be about mental health. It's just maybe a story that makes you smile or laugh so that if people aren't feeling great, they can pick up this book. They can just read for a few minutes. You know, it would be short um, pieces. And then it might just make them feel a bit better. So uh, the front cover is going to be, I took a photo of a smiling donkey. So that's going to be the front cover. And uh, then we're, like, we're already getting submissions, which is fantastic. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a funny story that happened to you. It could be something that you've just made up. It really doesn't matter. We're open to anything. So fact or fiction, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't get it matter. down on paper and yeah. send it to you. How do people get in touch? And um, we have an email address just set up for the book. So it's book.havingalaugh, that's having without the G, at gmail.com. It's always awkward when you have to spell out yeah. things. But no, that is, there's no G in the name there's of the no, charity. So no, having yeah, apostrophe. Yeah, a laugh. A laugh. Yeah. So book at gmail.com. Yeah. Is there a deadline? The first deadline we've picked is April Fool's Day, just kind of keeping in with the the lighthearted thing. And we're also hoping to have a couple of workshops in March um, to help people maybe if they want to learn more about writing. And uh, we're hoping to get some some coaches on board that will 
kind of talk them through it and then there'll be different opportunities like but that's kind of the first deadline we're not expecting to have everything um kind of finalize them because... don't tell people that or they'll keep pushing it <laughs> yeah true first no we need, we need them in now we need them in now no we're getting um submissions already and then um we'll take it from there really so but it, it probably will be handier if people want to do the writing course first I presume just to save yourselves a lot of hassle down the road, there is going to be some sort of quality control on this. It's not uh, going to yeah, be cases. No, it will be edited. We, or, it will or... be edited. Um, there has to be really because, uh, you know, you, you, I suppose we know what we want, but also we're kind of looking. I find sometimes things take their own way and organically it will go in the direction it wants to go in. But we have um, an editor that comes to one of the coffee mornings. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm kind of, he's in my sights. And then um, I think Blohin, who runs the charity, knows maybe another editor that might give us a hand because I suppose when you're in it, you're very close to it. So it's it would be great to get um, outside opinions from people that would know more about writing than we do and what works and what doesn't. So, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm very excited about it. Excellent. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming in to chat with us. Um, I love what your group do in terms of the service that you provide because it is a service, even though it's it's free and it's complimentary and it's just a social thing. It's just that opportunity for people to get out of the house. It might be for some people, as you mentioned, like the guy in Sligo, it might be their only time in the month where they get out of the house and go to something uh, and mix and talk to people and it's vital that people have that opportunity in their lives so thank you very much for the idea and for where it's progressed to and I think this book is going to be fabulous hopefully now and as I say if anyone wants to get in touch they're quite welcome you know we've all well a lot of us have been in the same position there's no judgment so we're all very friendly and welcoming so, so. If, they, if they look up having a laugh online or uh, that email address book.havingalaugh at gmail.com yeah and there's a lot more I've written a lot more from a personal point of view on my blog page so um, my blog is Magnum lady.com and that you'll see the smiling donkey and if you'll click on that you'll see a bit of the background of how I joined the charity and what they did for me and you know how they can help other people excellent that's great thanks Thanks very very much. much thanks And that, folks, is all we have time for today. A massive thank you to both Val Robus and Pascal Gillard of Ginny's Bakery and Tea Rooms for coming in and having a conversation with me today for Kiss My Arts. We will be back tomorrow with the Sports Roundup. And, of course, next Sunday, we'll be back with another episode of Kiss My Arts. We are always on the look for people to come in and have a chat with us. So if you're involved in the creative arts in any way, shape or form in the county, do please get in touch. You'll find us on all of the usual social media outlets, whether it's Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Just search for Leitrim Daily and you will find us. Or Also, our email is info at leitrimdaily.com. We'd love to hear from you. And whatever you may be up to, whether it's in the literary world, in music, in performance or in that kind of creative that we spoke about today with Pascal, with food or with wood or whatever it might be, do reach out and get in touch. We'd love to hear from you and feature whatever it is you're involved in on the show. Thank you very much for listening in and I will talk to you tomorrow.